Welcome, everyone, to the Mindful Matters podcast by the Blue Matter Project. My name is Elaine Clark, your host and lead facilitator with the Blue Matter Project. This podcast brings together practitioners, thought leaders, teachers, and inspiring individuals on how to best support your mental health and well-being. Today on the podcast, I have with me Cassandra Hope. Cassandra is a Toronto-based mindset coach and holistic nutritionist. She is a passionate advocate for the gut-brain connection and is on a mission to integrate mind, body, and social connections in the support of trauma recovery. She is the creator of Be Well with Hope and has recently launched the eight-week gut-brain reset program, Control-Alt-Delete, a program designed to heal the gut-brain connection post-trauma. Cassandra has been featured on City TV News, The Marilyn Dennis Show, eTalk, and The Social. In today's episode, we dive into Cassandra's personal experience with trauma and how trauma impacts the brain, digestive, and immune systems. Tra- Cassandra, I want to thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, thank you. I'm so thrilled to have this conversation with you today, and I think that a lot of people will certainly benefit from our our chat today. Uh, I think you and I share a bit of similar DNA in that I love learning about and talking about the mind-body connection. This is a topic area that I can't get enough of, and so I'm really curious, where did this all start for you? Can you take us back and share a little bit about what inspired you on this journey? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, I mean, it goes back as as far back as I can remember, really, my digestive issues started so young. And my mood disorder started also so young, depression and addiction and social anxiety and, you know, imposter syndrome and all kinds of things um, at such a young age, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old. And, you know, the traumas just kept coming, uh, complex PTSD type traumas in the home, uh, neglect, et cetera, that by the time I was 20, I mean, I really had no choice but to start to investigate because I was becoming severely ever worsening, chronically ill, um, to the point where, you know, I couldn't sleep at friends' houses. I couldn't travel. Um, I didn't know what to eat. Everything caused pain and I would sleep all day. And you know, I had no idea what was going on. And, you know, growing up in a family where things weren't really talked about, there was a lot of denial and a lot of addiction in my family. So nobody was going to really say, hey, Cass, you got to kind of take a look at your life and get your shit together. Um, I had to make that decision for myself. So I started uh, asking for help, you know, around 20 years old, um, maybe 18, 19, 20. I started, you know, I knew I had addiction issues. And the addiction was just a symptom of the trauma. I was self-medicating, as we know. And um, my, you know, I just wanted help. How do I repair the gut? How do I let go of these addictions? And those answers didn't come easily. You know, it's it's been a twenty-year-long journey. But I can say, you know, specifically, um, COVID specifically has really helped just by getting calm and quiet and allowing my nervous system to kind of integrate everything that I've been incorporating into my my healing journey and I'm the healthiest happiest most well-functioning version of myself I've ever been which is great 
Uh, but it's been a 20 year long journey mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I'd love to, I, I'm, you know, I'm really excited to sort of dive into that a little bit more today. And, and one of the things I think is really shocking is how many people are actually impacted by trauma. I think it's one of these things that most people aren't really talking about. And a lot of people are unsure how to handle it. Um, I think people often use the word trauma in different ways and uh, may develop a, a narrow understanding of it and might not actually think that it applies to them. Um, they might think of it as, you know, physical or sexual assault or even related to car accidents. I think it's so important for us to establish what we mean when we're talking about trauma. Uh, how would you describe trauma? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, some of the best trauma coaches that I'm studying right now they say themselves that they're spending a lot of time educating people on what trauma is because of that issue. You know, we have this perception that it's related to war or, you know, paramedics coming on the scene and, and helping somebody and, you know, those types of situations, which are valid, they are traumatic. Um, those are considered more big T's um, kind of slang language in the trauma world, big T's. Um, but the little T's are things like, you know, childhood trauma, childhood neglect, um, any violence in the home, witnessing any violence in the home, um, any intimate partner violence or neglect as well, uh, financial manipulation. Um, you know, there's also refugees and people who are coming into a country with, you know, a lot of fear around integrating into communities. These are all traumatic events and they're you know, in the research that I've done, it's, it's amazing to see the lists of what fall under the category mm -hmm. of trauma. So I think it's really beautiful. You know, this platform is so great what you guys are doing blue matter because, you know, the education is so needed for people to be able to understand that they fall, they might fall into that category and, and there's help out there for us. Um, you know, if we, one common symptom of a trauma victim is to think that or to say that, you know, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. I shouldn't be so dramatic and ask for help or need help. You know, I should just get over it. And that really keeps us stuck in those cycles. Um, so I think being able to, to acknowledge it, label it, um, accept it, and then begin treatment. Absolutely. That's powerful. And, you know, I think that uh, brain injuries uh, are you know, again, we might think of brain injuries, again, as sort of a physical uh, experience or something that's physically done to the brain. I'd love it if you could talk to us about how brain injuries can be caused by mental emotional trauma. And even if you could share your own personal experience of this. Yeah, it's such a, it's such an amazing, amazing conversation. And it, I love this because, you know, our brain is an association machine. So we only know what we know. We hear, you know, the news or movies or these medical shows, you know, and then we associate these terms with what we've seen or heard about. So um, I don't know if that makes sense. But basically, when we're thinking about a brain injury, we think it's that physical trauma. So, you know, somebody playing soccer, they got kicked in the head, it's a concussion, that's a traumatic brain injury, car accident, etc. Um but in reality, when we really look at the neuroscience or the pathophysiology of a traumatic brain injury caused by emotional trauma, 
it's it's way more complex than that. We're relying on specific vitamins, B vitamins specifically, specific nutrients to fuel the nervous system to stay in operating in a certain part of the brain, right? So we really want to be in our rest and digest state most of the time. Ideally, 95% of our day would be spent in that state where, you know, your immune system is functioning, your digestive and detox uh, pathways are functioning well. Um, everything, you know, there's some beautiful homeostasis, but when you're in that state of chronic fight or flight, the brain and the nervous system require a lot more nutrition, a lot more B vitamins, um, in order to stay healthy and function properly. And if we are not, you know, oftentimes the gut is not absorbing the nutrition properly because we're under chronic stress, food isn't containing the same amount of nutrition as, as it has in the past. Um, so that's an issue. And then our nervous system is requiring a lot more of that nutrition on a regular basis to fuel this high stress state. And what ends up happening is the brain is so plastic. Neuroplasticity is is happening all the time. It's responding to its environment all the time that when we have that lack of flow of great nutrition and B vitamins to the brain, um, because we are, you know, um, how do I say this? Just to recap. We're not getting it for nutrition. We're not absorbing it and we're overutilizing it. What ends up happening is the, those parts of the brain actually shrink. So we're looking at the amygdala, the hippocampus, the prefrontal cortex. These are all the main parts of the brain that are affected by emotional or mentally traumatic events. So when we look at the function of those parts of the brain, we're looking at, you know, emotional regulation. We're looking at the limbic system. So how capable are we of keeping ourselves emotionally regulated after trauma, it's so complex because not only does the brain want to stay in that fight or flight state to be hypervigilant and protect us from future threat, um, which is a very strong pathway. It's a well-grouped pathway in our, in our genetic, um, you know, information. Um, but also we have learned behaviors which contribute to that. So if we saw parents who were quite inflammatory or, reactive um, in certain ways, and we mimic that, which we do, we often do, then we're further strengthening that pathway that is keeping us out of that nice homeostasis where our immune system is upregulated, our digestive system's working, we're absorbing the nutrition that's going to fuel the brain, etc. So we really do have to stop um, not only the, you know, external factors that are contributing to brain injuries, which would be being in abusive relationships or, you know, um, being in an environment that's quite threatening. But we also have to create those internal boundaries because our thoughts are chemicals that are creating chemical reactions in the brain and changing pathways. It's either going to strengthen the parts of the brain that we want strengthened or strengthen the parts of the brain that we don't want strengthened. So it's quite complex, but the good news is that a traumatic brain injury caused by um, complex trauma can be reversed because the brain is so plastic. Mm. Yeah. And I think that relational trauma can be some of the most challenging and even the most confusing to navigate. Uh, I'd love if we can, you know, shift gears and talk a little bit about the concept of trauma bonding, what it is, and and even if you can share your experience of it for anyone who's not familiar. Um, I feel like this sort of ties really nicely with this, this uh, concept of mental emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So trauma bonding is one of those... <sighs> you know, tricky 
social situations where what we know feels comfortable, what we know feels safe. So if we have grown up in a, um, in a home where, you know, you have these um, dysfunctional relationships with primary caregivers, let's say, whatever, grandparents, aunts, uncles, adoptive parents, real parents, whatever. And there's an unhealthy, untrusting um, cycle, whatever that might look like. It might be denial, not being able to use your voice, um, feeling like you're only worthy in certain scenarios. This is going to show up in our adult life in terms of how we choose our partners, what we put up with at work, um, in different, you know, uh, interpersonal relationships, friendships, etc., and we can get stuck in these loops of playing out that trauma, that original trauma. And it's not because we want it per se. We can have the awareness that you know I want a better life. I want more fulfilling, healthy relationships. I want to have better self-esteem and better boundaries. But until we actually go and access that information and start to reparent ourselves or reprogram the way that we look at ourselves and our worthiness and our ability to use our voice will often keep playing out those trauma bonds and it feels normal until we do the work and it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's so interesting how attraction, it's almost like the attraction itself is pulling us towards those uh, people or situations that are mirroring back to us uh, a previous experience. Because I know from my experience, I'll, I'll almost, you know, I'll be pulled into a situation and I'll realize, how did I get here again? How is it, how is it possible mm. that I'm in the exact same situation? And I often wonder, you know, how much of it is me and how much of it is, is it uh, me choosing that situation again? Uh, how has that been for you in your experience? Yeah. So, um, you know, we were chatting earlier and I was saying that I just, you know, ended a, uh, a relationship. It only lasted about three months. And, you know, I might have thought in the past that that was a failure, that the relationship didn't work out. But in actuality, uh, being trauma informed and, go and going through um, trauma focused therapy, I realized that it's actually a win. You know, the, the quicker that we start to notice patterns or behaviors or um, things, you know, things that might feel confusing, the things that stand out to us where you're like, you scratch your head after and you're like, mm, that didn't sit well with me. When we can actually not brush those under the rug and just actually take a look at it and feel like and say, you know, I'm worthy of having that conversation and asking more questions, creating those boundaries. It's going to weed out the people who are possibly going to require you to sidestep who you are and what your actual needs are in order to stay in that relationship. And that's okay. It's a good thing. Um, so my personal experience has been as I've done more trauma focused work and research, these instances, you know, they haven't just disappeared. It's not like I'm a whole new person. I definitely find myself in these situations where I'm like, Oh wow, I'm here again. It's just the severity of it is less the intensity and the length of time is less. And, you know, if I look around, there's actually a lot more behavior that is um, healthy and health supportive and, and self-loving 
than before I did the trauma-focused therapy, right? So there's lots of change happening in the right direction, but it's not perfection. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What would you say are some of the first steps to support trauma healing? Uh, what, what, would you, what has worked for you in your experience? You know, I spent, Elaine, I spent years and years and years in therapy and definitely, I'm not going to say it wasn't beneficial. Um, I took a lot from it, but the real, the rapid transformation has started when I focused on trauma focused therapy. So, you know, trauma victims, and as we know, there's so many varying degrees of, of what that looks like. But it's important that trauma victims are in the hands of a trauma-focused specialist or therapist. Alternatively, I think it, it can be quite dangerous because the same rules don't apply. Um, you know, there's there are steps and mindset shifts and mantras and um, communication skills that are needed really deeply needed in um, situations for trauma victims versus possibly others. So when people DM me, you know, on my Instagram account and they're like, what, what would you say would be a good start for me? How can I begin this journey? And I'd say, do some research on a really great trauma focused therapist. And if you're in the Toronto, um, if you're in the Toronto area, ask your GP for a referral for the trauma. Um, what's it called? Tra I know it's just, it's a trauma um, program through Women's College Hospital. Mm. And um, there are a lot of free resources in in Toronto. You know, KMH is amazing. I've been working with them consistently. Um, there's free trauma therapy with their therapists there. Um, great addiction, free addiction courses um, through KMH as well. So if, if you're in a situation where you're like, I can't afford $200 for a trauma-focused therapist, um, you can put yourself through our amazing healthcare system to get free therapy. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's a great resource. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I think a lot of people don't realize, or maybe they're just not aware, or uh, maybe they've never heard about how intimately connected all of the systems of the body are. And so trauma in the brain uh, will often impact the digestive and the immune systems. Can we dive into that a little bit and share with us uh, maybe how that is experienced in, in how trauma affects the digestive and the immune systems? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. This is such a great conversation. Um, so I started out my practice as a holistic nutritionist working with people who have gut infections. And what I was missing or what I didn't know at the time was the role that the vagus nerve and that the brain plays in digestive function. So, you know, it's one thing to be able to do lab testing and identify a specific infection in the gut or several infections and then do an anti-infection protocol. But what, you, you know, people might read on forums, online, et cetera, and, and if you're listening to this and you've had this experience, people tend to relapse. And it's because the, the infections are there because the nervous system is so upregulated. We are in this chronic state of fight or flight. The amygdala is always firing. Our limbic system is impaired. So what ends up happening is there's this cascading effect, this downstream trickle effect, um, where the nervous system signals to the rest of the body saying, hey, it's, it's not the time to be digesting food. It's not the time to be detoxing. It's not the time to be, you know, creating hydrochloric acid, which is our body's first line defense against any pathogenic infections. 
um, it's time to fight. And what ends up happening year after year, decade after decade, when we're not fixing the, the root issue, which is limbic system impairment or getting stuck in this fight or flight state, then we're always vulnerable to these pathogens entering our mouth through our hands and our food, making their way down the esophagus, past our stomach, into the small intestine, feeding off of our nutrition and causing a lot of gut inflammation, pain, etc. It's bi-directional though. So then once the infections are there... Our immune cells that are traveling through the body are actually sending afferent information back to the brain saying, hey, there's a host of pathogens here. We need to upregulate the immune system. We're under attack. So you can see why there is this like cytokine storm, this inflammatory storm where people are autoimmune issues are um, getting triggered. You know, we're getting celiac disease and all of these food intolerances and chronic constipation. And really the root issue is the mental and emotional trauma. It's that high stress that leaves our gut vulnerable to infections. And once the infections are there, it's, you know, people are looking at their bodies like, is it the chicken or the egg? Do I address the gut or do I address the brain? And we have to address both. Yeah. Gosh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, th- I think that's so powerful. And uh, we, again, just a, a reminder of how intimately connected all of the systems of the body are. And we really can't isolate one from the other. I know for myself, when I was going through some challenging experiences, I felt it's almost as if my body responded first before I became aware of it in my mind. So things like my digestive health was off. I was getting sick more often. I could feel it in my fascia tissue, which was directly related to the nervous system. Right. So um, I want to thank you so much for sharing, uh, you know, the depth that you did. Um, Cassandra, where, uh, where can our listeners find you at this time? I know that you're very active. I know that you're, uh, you've got an amazing program that you've just recently launched. Can you talk to us a little bit about that program? Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. Um, Again, a a wonderful thing that came from COVID, um, having the downtime to be able to put together this program for people online to um, basically go over the six different pillars of repairing the gut-brain connection after trauma. Um, so each week I'm meeting with my group and we're, it's very educational research-based, um, lectures. And then I talk about, you know, what is the sequence of the steps or the sequence that you'll want to take in order to, you know, repair limbic system impairment, heal the brain, what nutrition, um, nutritional factors are, are needed to repair the brain. Um, how do you test the gut properly? Um, once you get the results back, you know, how to decide what protocol to do. Um, so there's a lot of functional integrative type medicine information in the course. And really it's to help. My biggest thing is, you know, nobody, nobody took me through this process. There was no handholding. There's no, um, OHIP system that in place where they say, okay, if somebody comes in with a history of childhood trauma, this is how we're going to help them. It's really up to us to become advocates for our own healing journey after trauma And I'm trying to limit the amount of time and resources that people have to spend um, in order to get healthy again, because this is an epidemic. It really is. And people need, you know, I'm not saying my program is the only way, but it's nice to have something that you can follow to know this is something somebody went through has had great success, success, success with it's research based. And you can then step into your doctor's offices um, whether it's holistic or allopathic and, and come in with information. So you have agency 
and you can ask questions and know, Hey, this is, this is my plan. How can you help me? <laughs> you know? Um, so I'm really excited about that program. Uh, my first group is launching on July 9th and I'm really active on my social media. So Instagram be well with hope is my handle. And, um, also my website, I blog a lot and I do a lot of videos on YouTube also be well with hope. So yeah, I'm just trying to get as much information and education out there as possible for people to feel um, confident about taking steps toward recovery. Yeah, I love it. And I love what you've created, you know, control, I'll delete the, the eight week uh, gut brain reset program. I think it's such a valuable tool. And, uh, you know, I love the all the information that you're putting out on a weekly basis. So uh, I want to thank you so much, Cassandra, for joining us on the chat with today. Uh, where can uh, how, you know, what is your social media handle? How can people find you? Yeah, so Be Well With Hope um, is my Instagram. And then check out my website as well. It's uh, bewellwithhope.com. Cassandra, thank you so much for, for joining us on the chat today. I loved having this conversation with you. Thank you so much. I loved it too. I'll talk to you guys soon. The Mindful Matters podcast is written, hosted, and recorded by me, Elaine Clark. Edited by Karen Zorzi. Art by Tani Stoiber and music by Bellwood. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to support the podcast, please leave us a five-star review and share with your friends and family. Website and resources mentioned in the episode can be found in the episode notes. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Blue Matter Project.